This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Alex Caprit from Granger, Texas, and you are listening to the monthly Mustang Heritage Foundation episode of Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for September 7th, episode 2761. This episode is brought to you by the Wild Horse and Burrow Program. Good morning, Horse World. The first Tuesday of the month is all about America's horse, the Mustang, hosted by the Mustang Heritage Foundation. Well, I'm filling in this morning for Michelle because uh, as far as we know, she might be having a baby at this very moment. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, so we're wishing her the best of luck in, in the, the birth of her second child. Yeah, she's uh, out on maternity leave for a couple of months, and uh, I know she was due. We haven't heard anything, but uh, she was due right around now, like today. So, yeah, <laughs> I think it was today or maybe tomorrow, something like that. So I, I haven't heard anything, but hopefully, no news is good news. That's what I'm going with. <laughs> well, we want to we want to thank her obviously for or for filling in here and co-hosting with you all these many months, and she'll be missed. Uh, but we do have a, a good show planned for today, and of course, this is the first. Uh, uh, first Tuesday of the month, and that means it is Mustang Day. And after competing in extreme Mustang makeovers, horses find new homes. And some of them go to auction, some don't. And we're going to talk to a couple of people who have had experience in that and what they do with their horses and you know what happens to the Mustangs after the competitions. Speaking of which, you had some, like real ones. We did. We did. We actually, uh, for the first time in far too long, thanks to COVID, we had our first ever in-person uh, Extreme Mustang makeover in Oklahoma City last month, which was super exciting. Uh, had thousands of people in attendance. Oh, and wow. Lots of horses that found new homes. Uh, ended up having about uh, 2 million people tune in to watch the auction. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. So that we were Holy very, crap. very excited. <laughs> So I assume then that's a that's you know you being the guy in charge you look at that and go ding 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 we're going to be doing the online auctions from now on. <laughs> so. yeah, yep, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, and it's such a unique opportunity for us to be able to get the horses out there in a much more visible format and platform and be able to reach folks that might not be able to attend the event but are still interested in learning more or, or purchasing a horse. Um, well, so you'd be well, on- that brings online. up the next question then. How many yeah. were bought there and how many were bought? Do you know oh. or was everybody bidding through the online auction? So it was a, a combination of both. Um, we had, uh, let's see, one, actually, oddly enough, only one sold in person there at the event. Mm. Uh, everything else sold online. Well, that would be um, my guess. I mean, country. you got two million yeah. people watching as opposed to, what, thousands in the stands. You have a better shot of somebody at home buying them, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. And so it was It was very, very good. We were able to get lots of horses, good homes, uh, and you know, just continue spreading the word of what these horses can do and what they can be and and what they can become. So very, very excited about that. Um, COVID, we're hopefully um, 
seeing the downhill slide on that, but uh, we were very glad to see everyone together well, uh, last month. And if you listen to last month's episode, we had a guy on by the name of Jeff Cook, who was guest with his uh, horse, Cactus Flower, and uh, how did he do? You know, he did very, very well. I think he was pretty pleased. He actually well, walked away with the title uh, of champion uh, oh, wow. following our event last month, uh, which was so cool, not only because, uh, you know, we've had him on the podcast, but also because he had started, um, If for those of you that had listened or, or didn't, um, he was riding a nine-year-old mare um, that he had started um, from scratch. So it was very cool to see an older horse win. Um, and it, it was a lot of fun. So Cactus Flower and Jeff Cook, congratulations to you guys. Uh, hats off to you. Well, that makes this story so much better, too, because a lot of the Mustangs that are older end up sitting in the pens forever because nobody wants to take an older horse figuring that it's harder to train them. But there, he proved that wrong, didn't he? Exactly. Case in point, you know, if you're willing and able to put in the time and effort, you can do really, really good things with each and every one of those horses that's uh, in holding currently and why we continue to do what we do and, and help find them good homes. So uh, EMM was great. Um, if you're interested in the results uh, and the the recap videos, be sure to check out our website, mustangheritagefoundation.org, and be sure to look for the Oklahoma City EMM page. Uh, you can check all the videos as well as the placing results out there. So great, great success with the EMM. And we also, uh, Glenn, had an open show uh, in conjunction last month. Uh, we were running that at the same time as we were running the EMM. Which means every, anybody with a Mustang or was it any kind of horse or anybody with a Mustang could come in and show? Anybody with a Mustang. Okay. Um, so we, if you had a Mustang, it, you were welcome to come. Um, we ended up doing a jackpot style. So there was some decent money that was paid out. Uh, we added about $5,000 in cash from MHF. And then I think we ended up paying out close to 10000 overall. Oh, cool. um, so it, it was pretty healthy as far as the uh, the compensation for those folks that competed. Uh, we had, uh, I don't know, I think about 60 folks that ended up showing up. So not the biggest show in the world, but uh, biggest in our most recent history. So we were very, very pleased to see that and see, you know, after continued training, what these horses can do. Uh, you know, you get through that 100 days of the EMM and then then what? Uh, so many of these horses had uh, several years of training, and it was just very, very exciting to see what can really be done and accomplished with these horses uh, as demonstrated through the open show. So it was a lot of fun. And did it, were there, were there, uh, was it all freestyle in the open show or were there classes? Sure, there were classes. Uh, there were several different classes. We actually had a couple of different, well, three different divisions. We had an in-hand, a walk-trot, and a walk-trot lope. Uh, there were uh, handling and conditioning, or horsemanship, excuse me, uh, a trail class. And then for the walk-trot and the walk-trot lope, we had a timed trail class, uh, which was a lot of fun. Uh, we reserved the freestyles pretty much for the EMM. So if you're interested in doing a freestyle, which are always great to watch we encourage you to check out and fill out an application for one of the upcoming emms for 2022 got it very good cool that sounds like fun and uh i know that uh new jersey we're going to be going to the other side of the country my side and that new jersey is going to be doing one soon 
It is. It is. We are slated to do New Jersey for the middle of October. Uh, right there. It, gosh, it'll be here before we know it. Um, so be sure to look uh, on our social media and our websites for updates there. Uh, very excited about that event upcoming. It's been years since we've been uh, anywhere uh, that far north. Uh, and I know it's not New England, but uh, that far east, it's that close. far north. So it's close. <laughs> it's close, but not quite. So right across the bridge. Excited. Right across the bridge. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so that'll be here right before we know it. We're very excited about that. Uh, have about 35 adults and 10 kiddos that are slated to compete in that one. So we'll be quite as big as uh, Oklahoma City, but, you know, we'll get it bigger next year. And I wanted to add uh, the horses that will be available for uh, purchase or adoption uh, in the New Jersey Extreme Mustang Makeover are actually live on our website uh, and applications to bid are currently open. So be sure to get that application filled out and submitted if you're interested in bringing one of those great EMM horses home. And that could, they, uh, will that also be uh, an online auction as well? Or it will. Okay. It will. We'll be working with champion horse sales like we have over the past several events. They've been a great, great group of folks to work with. Um, so, yes, that'll be online as well. So if you're looking for a, uh, a Mustang from an EMM, this is your rare chance if you are in New England. Because as I said, it's not that far. You can go pick it up. <laughs> exactly. The, the Wild Free Roaming Horses and Burrows Act of 1971 entrusts the BLM with the responsibility to manage and protect wild horses and burrows on the nation's public lands. Because wild horses and burrows are federally protected and lack natural predators, the BLM must manage population growth to ensure healthy wild horses and burrows thrive on healthy public rangelands. To accomplish this mission, the BLM regularly monitors herd size, health, land health, vegetation quality, and water availability, and when necessary, removes excess animals from the range to achieve balance. The BLM then works to place excess wild horses and burrows into qualified private care through adoptions and sales. And of course, those horses are what we talk about here every single month. So we have our first guest coming up, and of course, we're talking about what happens after the Extreme Mustang makeovers, and uh, we have some Somebody coming up who has some very exciting things going on in the next two weeks. His name is Craig Moore. Well, we're very glad to have Craig Moore with us here today. Craig uh, has competed in uh, well, at least five extreme Mustang makeovers here over the past several years. How are you doing this morning, Craig? Oh, great. How are you? Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So uh, you've been competing in uh, EMMs and, and done pretty successfully here uh, over the past several years. Uh, and you even actually purchased back one of your past EMM horses, Delilah. Uh, tell us about her and what you guys have been doing since you uh, made that purchase. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so that was in 2019 in Florida, and we actually won the makeover. And she was just so good. I felt like I needed to try to keep her. She's just so such a good-minded Mustang. She was good from the start. And so after we got her home, we turned her out. She she at some point had hooked her foot over the stall and kind of pulled the muscles. So she was turned out for probably nine months before she was pretty sound and we'd moved. And so after all that time, we brought her back and just got her just a little better to ride, ended up making her into a rope horse. We did some little ranch horse shows. Uh, at this point, we've done some Mustang open shows, but the roping started just, let me think, probably the beginning of this year. And so at this point, she's earned, oh, 
almost $5,000 roping. So that's actually going pretty good for us. And she's pretty good at that. And then now she's learning how to pull a wagon for our wedding that's less than two weeks away. So she's a very busy girl. That is awesome. It, it, it's always fun to hear, you know, after the EMMs, what do these horses go on to do and, you know, continued training, what can they do? And I, I guess in your opinion, Craig, you know, what is, is, is there a limit or is the sky the limit to what these Mustangs can do after an EMM? Oh yeah, they can do quite a bit. I think a lot of people take them for trail horses, but it's really cool when they give them many jobs. You see a lot of them teaching kids how to ride and doing open shows, and some people do reining and or run barrels. Or so I would say it's pretty limitless on what you want to do if you're willing to put in the time and develop the skills it takes and have your horse learn all the things you want them to do. So. Yeah, it's pretty limitless. I think Mustangs are a very versatile group of horses. Now, I'm a carriage driver, so when you said you're teaching them to drive, how's that going? Oh, pretty good, because Katie's doing all the work. So <laughs> she's, <laughs> she, she's out there. We do it twice a day. Um, we started teaching her with less than a month to go before the wedding, and she's going to take Katie down to the ceremony, and then we're going to leave with her pulling it and she's just so good-minded you know she had her first trip out around the property pulling it yesterday and it's pretty cool i honestly think she was kind of made to do it like she's a little bit drafty and real quiet so i think it's like probably what she was made to do so it's pretty cool to see her do it are you putting blinkers on or did you leave the blinkers off so the first time we put them on, she didn't. She's a little funny about her head, so she actually went to backing up and didn't like it. We thought, you know, we could get her used to them, but we're actually doing it without. So she will not have those on, and she'll be able to see everything going on behind her. Actually, I, I kind of thought that with with her, that would probably be a better bet, and that's what I've heard with other Mustangs that drive. I have a Hackney Pony, mm-hmm. and we use the half blinkers because he does not like to not see behind him. You know, he, yep. he has to have that view or he just goes crazy. So, uh, so mm-hmm. uh, probably a wise move. You know, as soon as they get used to that, something's going to be following them, then they're over that anyway, right? So, and they're, they're moving yep. on to their next thing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Now, so you- we also have a saying, sorry, one, one more thing. We also have a saying here on the show that never put horses in a wedding because it's bound to go wrong. So, I just want to throw that out there, okay? <laughs> so. Well, there'll be pictures and video, so we'll keep you posted. <laughs> well, I, I'm sure that it's not it's gonna go wonderfully. You're not gonna have any issues whatsoever, Craig. We're gonna we're gonna prove Glenn wrong. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. So y- you mentioned um open shows and, and that you had had the opportunity to compete in some open shows. Um you we actually uh, you and I had the opportunity to to chat last month while we were up in Oklahoma City uh for the Oklahoma City. City, uh, MHF Open Show. What what was that like? I mean, tell us about competing in that. Oh, it was great. Uh, I thought the turnout was really good. They have a lot of horses in the walk trot lope, and they have three divisions. And so, for us, it was really cool to see it bigger than the last Mustang Open Show we went to. And so, that was that was pretty neat. I think Delilah might have ended up second overall in the walk trot lope. Mary Kitts Miller was first. So you, there was some good Mustang trainers there and it was really enjoyable. And there's a lot of breed shows. So I'm hoping there end up being more Mustang shows where Mustangs compete against other Mustangs. And we have 
for anyone that's in the community already, you know, it's a really good community of people that like to help each other and really like Mustangs. Like that's one of the things it's like, once you get one, pretty soon you've got seven of them. So it's a really good community of people and horses. Well, I'm going to throw out there, too. Of course, Mary Kitzmiller hosts one of our episodes here of the show. She'll be on on Thursday, so uh, she'll be hosting here. So I'm sure she'll be talking about that. Good. The community, the family um, that you just mentioned, I mean, I think, Glenn, every single episode that we've recorded, somehow, someway, someone talks about the family and how inviting and welcoming it is. So it's just it's fun to see that, you know, that is a, a consistent through and through theme that, you know, anyone and everyone that's interested and willing and able to, to try to work with a Mustang or, or own a Mustang or ride, whatever, um, you know, there's always that support network there uh, for them. I, I mean, and, and Craig, did you start out with Mustangs? I mean, what's kind of your background and, and how did you get involved in all this craziness? So as a quick backstory, I didn't ride a horse till I was 13 and I got started in kind of a little bit of 4-H, then immediately went to roping, high school rodeo, college rodeo, the first Mustang thing I saw was in 2016 in Queen Creek, Arizona, and I was just blown away. I mean, Sid Zacharias won the show, I believe, and it, the top three Mustangs were really good. And I just thought, man, I have got to do this next year. And the next year, they didn't have it in Arizona. And then I'm like, well, the next year, hopefully they will. So then 2018 rolls around, and the closest one to me, I think was Texas. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm going. So I entered Texas. So that was my first one, but it was really just going to an EMM. That was my first exposure. I didn't really know anything about Mustangs except for that they were wild. And so seeing that EMM and seeing what a good job people did with horses that were wild a hundred days ago. And at that point, I didn't realize how wild they were. They're like a deer, like they are very wild. And it's a lot of work in that initial gentling stage and that's probably the hardest part for most of us trainers is getting them gentle because the training's not as hard once they're gentle but when you can't touch them for sometimes days or weeks or for some people it's longer than that 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 wears on you emotionally and then once you can get your hands on them and they realize you're not going to hurt them and you start teaching them how to move their body except to saddle except to ride or it starts going a lot faster but my first thing was just seeing them there and I just thinking back I was just really blown away and that was like me seeing that and saying I've got to do this and so the first chance I saw which was going all the way to Texas in 2018 that's what I did that's cool that's cool and now you've you know you competed several times and you've won you've done very well and now you're doing the open shows and so going back to delilah specifically um so obviously you're you're working on driving and you're working on uh the the open shows and roping and all that good stuff what other ways do you get out there and i mean you guys have a, a ranch um so i mean is she pretty good ranch pony i mean what else do you do with delilah so I started a lot of colts on her, a lot of wild mustangs. Um, she's given riding lessons to young kids. She's given English riding lessons, Western riding lessons. She's been for Katie's mom, rode her. She's just one of the safest horses we've got. So every roping we go to, she has a really clear brand, and it's on the left side and remains on the right. So you can always see it. It's you know really bright and people always notice. And every time I go to a roping, it's like, Oh my gosh, that's the Mustang. And then she's kind of flashy the way she moves and then she works good. And then I win money on her. And so that really is a cool thing. When you go places with a Mustang, everyone notices. And then when they're a really good Mustang, it's like, 
eye-opening to them that a Mustang can be roped on. And um, but we, I would take her anywhere I need a safe, reliable horse. She's gonna go. So if I'm going on a certain trail ride and maybe I, I don't know the trail or some people aren't riding as safe a horses and they need a consistent horse to kind of pull their confidence from, I'm going to be on her. And then those colts that I'm halter breaking or I'm teaching how to be ponied in the arena or go over obstacles or different things like she's the go-to. So if I had, if I was going to be in a parade, she would be that one. So she, I mean, anything, she was in a commercial that we did for the magic a year or two ago. So she's like, whatever you can think of, if I need a good one, she's going to go. So I know a lot of Mustangs are very, very smart and uh, have a tendency to not want to stay in their fields and have a tendency to be really good at opening gates. Is Delilah one of those? So that's actually funny you say that. Most of our horses don't learn that because we try to set up a situation where they won't, but she was one that figured out how to open (laughs) gates. And the helper we had at the time, he said, hey, yeah, that's like the, th- I see her, she got out and he's like, oh yeah, that's like the third time. And I was like, well, normally like the, the first time they get out, we clip a chain, you know, so they don't, because if you just make that situation a little bit harder every time, then they become an expert gate opener. Yes. So <laughs> she hasn't gotten out in a while, but she was one that would play with her chain and got it open. And so if, if we set it up in a way that she could get out, uh, she definitely would get out more. My co-host Jamie has one of those. Uh, matter of fact, we have a hashtag called Damn It Zeus, because Zeus uh, <laughs> knows how to get out of everything. She finally had to put uh, clasps at the bottom of the doors of the stall, because he would just wow. open anything. I mean, anything. Snaps, wow. whatever. He was just one of those horses. And then I also have to know Delilah, named after the radio Delilah. Um, it was like the, the song, Hey There, Delilah. Okay, gotcha. Okay. I no, it, and I, I don't even think I used it in my freestyle. I ended up using a different song, which is really funny. But that was, normally I name Mustangs after the song I want to do their freestyle to. Uh-huh. And then it all ties together at the end. So are you playing that song at the wedding? Uh, I, you know, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't, I don't even know. I'll be honest. I don't know a lot about the wedding, but I know the date and I'll be there. Katie knows the rest. It's much safer that way. I can, I can guarantee you, Craig. Yeah. (laughs) Oh gosh. Well, and that's uh, also what happens the rest of your life too. So that's, there's that. I'm practicing. Yeah, exactly. Getting ready. Exactly. Practice makes perfect, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Too funny. Well, so I guess the, the the last question that I really have for you today is, you know, folks that, you know, they come to the EMMs, they they watch the open shows, they watch the virtual open shows, whatever it may be, they decide, hey, they want to get a, a Mustang. They're going to adopt. They're going to go through um, either EMM or TIP, and they're going to get a horse that started. Uh, what advice would you give to folks that are wanting to break into that and then, you know, go on and, and continue competing or get involved further after purchasing or adopting? Do you have any advice for folks? Oh, absolutely. I would say get help 100%, you know, pull from the people that have the experience that have put in the time that have had the sleepless nights with the tough horses and have learned through it. So I'm not, I think it's great if somebody works at something for a week or two. And then when they say, okay, it's been two weeks, I still can't touch my horse yet. Some of these experienced guys are out riding theirs in a pasture. Don't wait too long to get help. You know, give yourself a little time to experiment, play with the things you've read or learned or watched videos on 
and then start finding an experienced Mustang person that you like and get help. And most of us, if you reach out, we will happily, you know, send advice if it's just through messenger or in a text. We'll tell you what we would do, but seeing somebody do it has a lot more value. And then seeing them do it with the horse you've been struggling with for, for two weeks has the most value because now it's like they're doing it in a place you couldn't and you can see exactly what you can do differently. And I still get help. And I'm a big fan of so many Mustang trainers that I'm, you know, Sid and Jacqueline, Tom Hagwood, um, the Englands aren't too far from us. We talk to them a lot and us, us trainers are always calling each other and asking, what would you do? The one I talk to almost every day is Mark Lyon. We're, I'm always learning from Mark. He's a really good friend. So we do it. So if you're at home struggling, just go get help and kind of figure out what's not working and what is and and then get out there and go show and try. And we're all going to fail. We kind of fail our way to success. So it's okay to go to a show and get last because if you come back next year, you're going to improve on that. And so that's kind of my deal is I'm not afraid to mess up or go to a show and maybe people think they look bad or whatever. Most of us understand that we've been there, we're learning and we actually just want to help. We don't, we're not here to make fun of anybody or make them feel bad. So if you can get one, your first Mustang, if it's already started or trained, I tell a lot of people go to the EMMs and shop around and you can see how that horse is in a stressful environment, how they do maneuvers. And you can talk to the trainer and find the horse that suits what you're looking for. So there's so many resources and so many people that will help you. So, you know, get into it first of all, and then get help when you need it. And you'll be amazed how much fun you have and how much you love it. Most of us are really really happy to have Mustangs and we enjoy our Mustangs. Absolutely. Well, and that's, you know, that's, that's great advice. And, uh, you know, I think something that really struck a chord with me is, you know, be willing to try and you're going to fail, but you're going to learn from it. And that's so true. You've got that support system of the, the other Mustang trainers and the Mustang family to, to come up behind you and, and help you get better. So that's, that's so cool. Um, and thank you for, everything that you've done and you continue to do and hopefully uh you continue winning lots of money on delilah as you get out there roping uh so if folks are interested in learning more about you and your uh business all that good stuff how can they find you craig uh so uh first of all thank you and second of all i would say probably facebook if you look us up on more horsemanship i have a personal page with this just my name craig moore and then our business page where we post most horse things is more horsemanship uh, you can reach out to us on Messenger. My phone number's on there. So that that's the best way. We're also located in May, Texas, which is directly between Stephenville and Abilene. Uh, it's an hour to each. So anyone in that kind of area west of Fort Worth, you know, we do give lessons and we train outside horses. And um, we would be a good resource if you're in that area of Texas. Uh, but yeah, just reach out on Facebook or via phone would be best. Excellent. Excellent. Well, uh, good luck with uh, the training uh, of the carriage pulling and uh, congratulations preemptively on your uh, pending nuptials. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on today. Thanks, Craig. All right. Cut there. Good job. Perfect. Cool. Perfect. Thank you, sir. Well, Craig, I think, is going to be taking orders for the next 30 years uh, of his life. (laughs) I I would agree with that. I would definitely agree with that. (laughs) 
<laughs> he knew nothing. He knows the date. He's supposed to show up. There's going to be a horse involved. Uh, he might remember his vows, maybe. Uh, but I don't know the guy did. <laughs> Sometimes it's safer that way, though. Yeah. Well, he should, as he said, he's just practicing for the next 30 exactly. years. <laughs> Good luck, Greg. <laughs> All right, next up, we're going to one of the young competitors out there who just... Just, I was going to say flunked out, but he actually graduated out of, of the youth competitions. His name is Garrett Shanks. Garrett has competed several times in our uh, youth EMM competitions, but you've graduated now. You're, you're no longer eligible to compete in the youth contest because you've, you've aged out. Isn't that correct? Yes, sir. I'm looking forward to doing my first adult um, EMM here shortly. Excellent. 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 So, well, since you're still kind of in that youth frame uh you know wanted to talk today a little bit about what is it like competing as a youth in in emm and you know getting to keep your horse and then continuing the training and and moving forward uh after the event so um yeah that's kind of what i wanted to chat about today and your last horse that you competed with that you kept refresh me of her name so my last emm horse was Priscilla's Dreamin' in Gold. She was a yearling Cremello out of Red Rock, Nevada. Cool, 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 cool. And now, did you end up keeping Priscilla, or did you end up finding her a new home? I found her a lovely home up in New Hampshire. She's going to be used as an ambassador for the Mustangs and the New England Mustang Sanctuary up there. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, was it your first... She's a dancing dream. Is Did you end up keeping her? Is that my understanding? Yes, sir. So she's a, was my 2018 Lexington, Kentucky Youth Extreme Mustang Makeover Philly. Um, I've kept her. She is now four years old. She is my absolute heart horse. We do everything together. So when you say everything, what what does that mean? What, what are you guys out there doing? We are so fortunate to have been able to travel all over the country from Illinois and Missouri, Ohio, Oklahoma, Tennessee, all over the place showing and open horse shows. And then as well as going to horse fairs and events, putting on demos and lectures to help promote the Mustang breed. Oh, that's very cool. Very, very cool. So you've been really working as as ambassadors, which is outstanding. Have you had an opportunity? You, you mentioned open shows. Um, wh- what sort of disciplines are you uh, competing in? So we've predominantly done Western. Uh, we have done a little bit of English, which is fun. She would be a super cute English pony. But I feel as if we look really nice in the western world so we've been doing a little bit of ranch riding walk trot rail classes trail classes obstacles um all those types of things what would you say that uh the most talented uh or or where where does she's a dream uh really show her colors best so she shows really well um, with in-hand work, she shows really good in like a showmanship class. She can be very sharp with her maneuvers, and we work really well together. And then for under-saddle work, we've done really, really good in the walk-trot rail class. She can maintain a real nice steady um, walk and a trot. She has nice transitions, nice low headset. 
She can really show her best in that. And then after that, probably like a good horsemanship class where you have to put some of those maneuvers that we maybe did in the showmanship class, then directly into under saddle. Okay. Awesome. Excellent. Excellent. So, uh, you know, I guess we had the opportunity, you and I, to get together just briefly last month while we were in Oklahoma City, um, and you competed in the uh, MHF Open Show there at OKC, and I think you did pretty well. Isn't that correct? Yes, sir. I was super excited. Shiza and I were in the walk trot division. We showed in the trail class, time trail class, and horsemanship class. We were fortunate enough to win first place in all three classes, which made us the walk trot division champions, along with the overall MHF open show champion of the weekend. That is awesome. That is awesome. So congratulations on that. Uh, so how Thank did you, you get in, you know, you, you, as a youth, you did the in-hand competition and now you're competing in, in uh, walk trot division. Uh, you know, how did you continue that training? Was it just an exposure? Did you guys get out and do a whole bunch of stuff? Walk us through how you got to being prepared to compete in that open show and do so well. Sure. So these youth horses that we're so fortunate to work with are really outstanding. They have so many buttons on the ground and such a great relationship with the youth trainer that starting them under saddle seems to be a breeze. Everyone that I've been fortunate enough to work with has just gone super smooth. They're already used to us kids jumping around and playing around with them. So getting on their backs is nothing, nothing crazy for them. So Shiza and I have been able to travel around and work with a lot of the adult EMM competitors and learn their methods and their ways. And they've helped us along this journey tremendously with getting her started under saddle and then kind of putting those buttons on her and fine tuning them a little bit to be able to show those and present those to everybody in the equine industry. Okay, that that's that's cool. I think you you raise a very interesting point. It's a pretty natural progression if you've got uh, kids ranging from eight to eighteen messing around with a yearling, and then you go to put a saddle on them. They've they've pretty well been uh, exposed to quite a few things, I would say. Yes, sir. These horses are amazing. I've been very blessed to be able to work with multiple different breeds, from quarter horses and paints and thoroughbreds and drafts. And I like to say, like. When you're working with all those horses, you build that relationship, but it's kind of like a really close cousin. But these youth horses and the youth trainers, their relationship is outstanding. It's like a really close sibling, a brother or a sister or that best friend that you want to do everything with. So continuing that training and work with the horse after the Extreme Mustang makeover is just amazing. That, you know, and that's, I, I got to be honest, Garrett, one of my favorite things to watch at our events is the youth competition because of that bond that you're speaking about. I mean, it's, it's yeah. so moving to see, um, and, and just, it's, it's, it's so cool to see that relationship that you guys as youth competitors build with these horses in a hundred, 120 days. And just, you know, what you're able to get done, it, it, it. It makes me smile every time I see the youth competition, for sure. I mean, anytime I see a Mustang doing anything great, I love to see it. But especially the kiddos, it's it's pretty awesome. So 
on that subject, so the the relationship that you guys as youth build with your your horses, obviously you're able to get them to do a lot of great things very quickly. Um, what advice would you give to other youth that are wanting to take that next step? You know, they as in, you know, they've gone through, they've done the in-hand division uh, of the EMMs and they're wanting to do more of the, the walk trot or the walk trot lope and get involved in the open shows or, or whatnot. You, do you have any advice or words of wisdom for those those kids that that want to continue participating but don't really know how? Sure. So I would say they're already on the right track. If it's even an idea in the back of their mind to continue showing a former youth horse, they're on the right track. I'd say just pursue it. Take what you what you know and just start playing around and advancing it. Try to get those buttons on the ground to translate under saddle. Um, so many of the adult competitors and even trainers and horsemen outside of the Mustang world can watch a youth trainer work that Mustang and they immediately want to help. They immediately think, wow, that kid is doing great with this former wild horse. And I've learned that a lot of them, if you just send them a Facebook message or a text or talk to them in person, they're more than willing to come help you. So just going to the shows, and even if you continue with your in-hand stuff and show, maybe go in the warm-up ring and work your horse with the saddle on and get that going, people will show interest in you and want to help you. So if you can just communicate with those trainers and stay humble and thank them and you know, tell them you'll help promote them outside, you know, on Facebook or social media platforms as a thank you for them helping you. They would be more than willing to help you grow in your horsemanship skills with your horse. So once again, I'd say if you're just thinking about it, I would do it, get out there and promote the breed as much as you can. Now, I, I, so do you show, do shows uh, like Mustang makeovers and things, and maybe Alex could answer this, do they allow, obviously you use volunteers for a lot of stuff. Do they allow uh, junior volunteers? Yes, we definitely do. We're always looking for uh, a volunteer group uh, or network, if you will. Um, folks to come, I mean, Case in point, Garrett, I'm going to brag on you here for a second. He showed up at the makeover last month uh, to compete in the open show and then just showed up at the show office and was like, how can I help? How can I help? And that's very indicative of anyone and everyone that is a part of this Mustang family. Everyone's willing and able to lend a helping hand, yeah. uh, well, which is which is awesome. Well, and we said, you know, we've been yeah, recommending on this show for years. If you're looking at getting into something new, uh, whatever discipline new is, uh, that you should volunteer at some shows in your area. And they're easy to find. I mean, it's easy to find shows in your area. Go volunteer at shows in your area. And I think that's a great way to learn, look, this is something I want to try, or this is just isn't for me. And all it's cost you is some time. Yes, exactly. sir. I'd love to expand upon that. Okay. So with these makeovers, my whole starting with them actually began by volunteering. I seen the movie Wild Horse, Wild Ride on Netflix. And I immediately fell in love with the idea. And that led to me seeing a billboard in my area for the event coming to town. And I thought stuff just started falling into place. And I actually ended up following the EMM for three years, volunteering at their event, whether that was sitting in the arena and cleaning up poop or setting up freestyles for the youth or getting the lineup of people ready to go. So I traveled all over the country with them for three years, helping at events before 
I even had the opportunity to compete. So I, I love that point. Good. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that because I, th- I think also what it does is it allows you to network, right? So you meet people uh, and make sure when you're there doing your volunteering that you meet people, you know, make that your goal because really you're there to learn, but you're also there to make connections and meet people who eventually could be people that are helping you compete in this, in whatever sport it is. Yes, sir. That's so funny that you say that because um, that's not planned or nothing. And that's, that's exactly how it went with those three years of um, volunteering, I met so many people in my area that were competing that I had no idea even existed. And so that eventually led into finding a sponsor who helped train me a little bit in the event and let me board a wild horse because not everybody lets you bring a wild horse in. So they let me board it at their (laughs) facility and kind of taught me their ways a little bit and helped me to do my first makeover all because I was at that event volunteering and I was walking through the booths kind of talking with people and networking and trying to grow my Facebook page and all that. So that's, that's a really good point that you brought up, actually. Good. Well, yeah, that good. I'm glad to hear that because, you know, we say it all the time, and I know a lot of people have done it, and it's the same thing as going to conferences and stuff like that. It's, you know, it's not necessarily the conference, it's not necessarily the show, but what is very important when you're new is who you meet. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, Garrett, thank you so very much for coming on and sharing your story uh, and how you're continuing to stay involved with She's a Dream. Uh, so if folks are interested in more, learning more about what you're doing and what you've got going on, how can they find you? Sure. So everybody can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Garrett's Equine Path. I try to keep that updated quite frequently with kind of what I'm doing, where I'm going, what horses I have available, and all kinds of super fun stuff, and along with opportunities to grow everybody's horsemanship and everything. Excellent. 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 Well, best of luck in your continued adventures out there, and uh, it sounds like you've got some travel coming up, so stay safe, and we'll be talking to you soon. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. You can find the Mustang Heritage Foundation at mustangheritagefoundation.org. You can follow Horses in the Morning on Facebook. Just search for Horses in the Morning. You can have all of the Horse Radio Network shows with you wherever you go with our free app for iPhone and Android. Go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. And here's to hoping you get to bring home a Mustang. Mustang. 